Let's hear it for that. That's awesome. Amen. That's a great way to see how people find their fit in the body of Christ. Even going back a few weeks ago at ServeLink, we've been encouraging people, encouraging our church family to find where you fit. And that's what the missions fair is about today. Just another opportunity to help people in our local body right here say, you know what, God, what am I made for? What am I designed for? Help me to find my fit in the body of Christ. The way that you've uniquely wired me, gifted me, the abilities, the experiences. God, how would you use me to make a difference in our community, in our church, and in our world? That's what we hope that today will help you to do. Man, are you ready today? Anybody ready? Come on. I am so, so excited for the word today. And, and here's the thing, you know, we might come ready, but can I tell you something? And even joining us online, we welcome you. If you're joining us online today, GT Live, Facebook, YouTube, Here's the thing, God is ready for you. Did you know that? He knew that you would be here. He knew that you would sit exactly where you were sitting this morning. He knew that you would join us online, wherever it is that you're tuning in. God knew that this moment was gonna happen. He, is, he had full awareness. Maybe he even, in some measure, orchestrated for this moment to happen for you. God is always behind the scenes. He's outside of time. He transcends space and time, he is always working on our behalf to move us into a deeper and more complete revelation of who he is in our lives. And I believe that God wants to do that to you and for you today, that he wants to reveal himself in a brand new way to you today. And, and so we're starting, as Britta said, we're starting a brand new series called Breaking Point uh, today in the three weeks after today. We're going to talk about the things that Bring us to that place of almost breaking. I've got a couple illustrations here today. I think that it's going to help you connect to the idea just to be relatable, um, to kind of illustrate what I want to say to you. But I want to start with what I believe is probably one of the most important scriptures that any Christian should have underlined emphatically in your Bible. I don't know if you use one of these. Still, a lot of you are electronic only, but this is a Bible they actually make these in paper editions with a cover on. There's words inside. You can underline. You can highlight. You can take notes. Like, and I know you can do that on version and electronic Bibles. I know that. But, man, there's just something about having one of these on your lap in the morning. Church, can I get an amen from somebody? This is, I'm not condemning you if you are all electronic. Man, God bless you. That's, if that's how you better engage in God's word, that's great for you. But, this is for me. It, listen, Philippians 4, we're going to talk about Philippians 4. This is a, a theme verse for this series. And many of you know this verse. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But if, if you have your paper Bible with you today, or if you have an electronic Bible you're, you're following, if you're able to highlight this passage, this passage should be emphatically noted in your Bible. This is what Paul wrote from a jail cell. You know, we often lose sight of the actual context of the writings of Scripture and where they came from and the birthplace of Scripture. What I'm going to share with you today was written from a prison cell. And Paul penned these words. He said, be anxious for nothing. In the chat online, write those four words. Be anxious for nothing. In this room, I want you to say those four words with me. Be anxious for nothing. Wouldn't that be nice if we just knew how to be anxious for nothing? Like, not just some things, not just be anxious for a few things. He said, be anxious for nothing. That's the goal, right? Like, isn't that what we all would like in our lives? To learn how to be anxious for nothing, to have, to have such a faith in God that I'm never anxious about anything. And most of us would say, is that even possible? Like, what kind of world are you living in, Scott, where that is actually possible? And all, all I would say to you today is, if it's not possible, then why would the Holy Spirit lead Paul to write that to us? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Now, isn't that interesting? The God who knows everything, right, God... God isn't unaware of your, your struggles. Can I get an amen, church? 
you're not praying so that you can inform poor, misinformed God. Did you know that? When you're praying, when you're talking to God, when you're praying to Jesus, you're not giving him new information. You are never able to give God new information. Did you know that? Yet Paul says, let your requests be made known to him. There's this thing that happens in prayer where you are syncing up your spirit with God. And you're letting your requests be made known to him. And as a result, Paul said, when you, when you let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, which goes beyond your ability to understand, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, again, if you have a paper Bible here, please get the pen in the seat back in front of you. Underline those verses. Commit them to memory. These are some of the most hope-filled verses in all of Scripture. And maybe you've been looking for a life verse. Maybe this should be your life verse. If you don't have one yet, I would recommend this be one of those top 10 verses that you commit to memory, that you get lodged in your heart, because this verse will give you hope. It will give you encouragement. It will exhort your spirit on a regular basis. Be anxious for nothing. That is the goal. And I want to illustrate the series. I've got this couple. Some of you recognize this sawhorses and uh, a piece of wood. This is a one by six by 12, whatever. And I want to liken the, the pressures of life. When we think of uh, breaking point, when, I, when we thought of this series months ago, we've been praying, God, how can we encourage the body with your word that it gives us life when we are burdened with the pressures of life. And, and this image just kept coming to my mind of, uh, of how we might feel in life when the, when the burdens of life get heavy. Listen, raise your hand if you've ever felt that the burdens of life are heavy. Put your hand up right now. Online, there's, there's almost not a hand in this room that wasn't raised. Online, put in the chat, the burdens of life are heavy sometimes, right? And, and if, I could, if I could explain it this way, you know, the burdens of life, it's like weight, literally like a weight that can weigh us down and get heavy in life. And, and we feel the stress of that. We feel, hold on, I feel the stress of my mic coming off too. But we can feel the stress of, of the, the burdens. You know, they, it literally feels like a weight sometimes in my life. And the burdens of life can take their toll on us. If you haven't yet figured it out, you and I are the piece of wood, okay? We're the wood and these are the burdens of life, the stressors of life, whether it's a relationship stress, whether it's, it's finances, you know, you might have financial strains that, that weigh on your life. You might have, you might have marital stress, marital um, strife that weighs you down. You might have addiction in your life. You might have some kind of besetting sin in your life and you just can't beat it. You've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. And the weight of that sin, the weight of that decision, and you've promised yourself 10,000 times, I'll never do that again. Listen, this, I'm not, I don't love public confession, but how many of us in this room have ever said the words, I will never do that again, raise your hand? Every one of us. I will never do that again. Some of us have kept that promise, most of us have not. There's this struggle of life, this, the burdens of life, and, and it just sometimes it feels like it just keeps piling on and piling on. I don't know if you can hear it, but the wood is beginning to stress under the weight of the pressure. It's beginning to crack. You know, the, the weight of life, it just, the burdens just keep piling on. Oh, man. It's getting tense in this room. But the, the weight of life, man, it just like, you can feel that, right? I think I balanced it pretty well. Like the, the weight of life. That wasn't, I wasn't asking for applause. That's <clears throat> But the, the weight of life, the weight of life can feel heavy, 
burdensome. And some of you feel like this plank of wood right now. You are bending under the pressure to the point where you feel like you've reached your breaking point. Some of you aren't there. Some of you maybe have never been there. God bless you. Praise God. Like, you haven't ever felt that way. But there are many people, listen, we've come through whatever it is, 15, 16 months of a, of a global pandemic. We've come through many things in this country in the last year. There's been a lot of tension in our country. There's been division in our country. There's been division over every imaginable issue in our communities. And it just piles on. And the, it's not just the, the community of stress. It's not just the stresses around us in the world. It's the stresses in our life. And and oftentimes, where you win or lose this battle, where we win or lose right here, oftentimes depends on how we handle it right here in our minds, right? Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, as a man thinketh, so is he. And your ability to mentally process and handle the burdens and the stressors of life will in large part determine how your heart handles it and even how your physical body handles the stress of life. You and I are integrated beings. We are body, soul, and spirit, but the way that you think impacts and great to a large degree affects the way that your heart feels. And the way, what's happening in your heart oftentimes can have an impact on you physically. And the, the burdens of life can bring us to a breaking point. And I want to help us over these next four weeks to discover what God's word says about that. Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor. I'm going to share, I'm going to recommend a book at the end of this message today. He said that your life is often moving or almost always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That's good. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And I'm going to, at the end of this message today, I'm going to give you some very specific to-dos or, or steps that you can take to move forward in and how to handle the pressures of life. Very specific things I want to encourage you. Some of you might need counseling or therapy. Some of you might need to get involved in a group. Some of you might need to read a book. Some of you might need Celebrate Recovery. They're out there today, Teen Challenge. There are a lot of steps that you should take. Listen, I, I'm going to encourage you at the end of this message, if, if that's you and you need one of those specific steps, if you need to go to counseling, I would say you need to do that tomorrow. Like, do it right away. Don't delay. Don't let any time pass. If the Holy Spirit shows you something about yourself and a need that you have in a way that you can find help and get a deeper revelation of who God is in, I would say to do that as soon as possible. But I want to say something else. Here in this room, on a Sunday morning, I want to declare to you today that the most essential part of the help that you need is found in Jesus Christ and no one else. While I believe in counseling and therapy and groups and books and all of those things, they are good steps. The church of Jesus Christ, we are anointed, we are appointed, and we are commissioned to declare the sufficiency of God Almighty in this place. And on a Sunday morning, friend, that's what I'm going to give you here in this place. That's what, that's what you deserve. That's what we need. We need a deeper, more complete full revelation of the power that Jesus Christ has in our lives. He is sufficient for your needs. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Bible reveals God through various names of God. Many of you are familiar with that, right? One of the common names that the writers of the Old Testament give us for God in the Hebrew is the name, the name El Shaddai. Some of you have heard the name El Shaddai. El Shaddai can mean a couple of different things. One of the, the main uh, translations of El Shaddai, the interpretation would mean God Almighty. But there's another nuance of the meaning of that name. El Shaddai literally means this. Again, this was revealed first to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. 
when Abraham was given this amazing promise that he and his wife Sarah, who were over 90 years old, would have a child. And God, in that moment, for the very first time in history, revealed himself as El Shaddai. And when God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, he said to, you, he said to Abraham, I am God Almighty, and literally that name means I am all-sufficient for the needs of my people. And when I say to you that on Sunday morning in this room, we are going to declare what the Bible says, that God Almighty, El Shaddai, is all-sufficient for the needs of his people in this room. Do you know that there's no lack in heaven? Let me try over here. Did you know that there's no lack in heaven? There's, no, there's nothing lacking. In, now, again, we're not in heaven yet. I get that, right? But God is, and he is available and ready to deliver what you need in your life. In fact, in the New Testament, we read similar words. Uh, Paul said this, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So, so what do we do? This is the first thing that we do. Again, I'm going to give you some specific walkaways today, but the first thing that we do is what the author of Hebrews said. When I am feeling like I am overwhelmed by the burdens of life, the weight of life is bringing me to my breaking point. Scott, what do I do? The writer of Hebrews said this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Look at these words. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Friend, you will never, ever, ever go wrong by fixing your eyes on Jesus. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Then he said, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The writer of Hebrews says that the, one of the answers, what if the answer to the burdens of life, to the stresses, to the, the heaviness of our life, he said, do not grow weary and lose heart. The answer that he gives us, the remedy for losing heart, for growing weary, is to fix our eyes on Jesus. And to remind ourselves that Jesus himself endured great opposition. He endured great suffering. And when we remember what Jesus went through, he literally said, consider him who endured opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. One of the ways that we, we keep from growing weary and losing heart is by remembering that Jesus went before us. And we fix our eyes on him and him alone. Back to Philippians, he said this, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ. Literally, when Paul said, again, writing from a prison cell, Paul said, my God will supply, to supply, the literal word means, the interpretation, to make full, to cause, to abound. Friend, do you know that God wants to cause you to abound in this life? He is ready for you, and he wants to cause you to abound. To supply literally can mean to supply liberally. It means God isn't like holding back from us. God is ready to supply our needs liberally from his abundance in heaven. If you take some of the meanings of those words, that text could literally mean this. Let these words just kind of hit your spear today. This could literally be, be interpreted this way. And my God shall liberally supply for all that you lack according to his abundance and splendor in Christ Jesus. Friend, God can supply liberally. When you are feeling the weight of this world, again, whether it's stress, anxiety, fear, loneliness, discontentment, it's depression, the weight of the world, the weight of life is heavy on you right now. 
And Paul wrote from a prison cell that my God will liberally supply all that you need according to his abundance in Christ Jesus. There's no lack in heaven. That means that God has what you need today. Friend online, God has what you need today. Whatever that is, if it's deliverance, if it's healing in your body, if it's healing in your mind, if it's distress, if you are bound by an addiction, God has what you need today. If you are bound by depression, if it's hard for you to get out of bed in the morning, if you're frustrated with life, if you have a broken marriage, God has what you need today. He is sufficient. He is all sufficient for the needs of his people. Look at what Paul said in Romans 7. If you're not sure that you can relate to the Bible, look at the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 7. He said in Romans 7, verse 14, he said, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Listen to his words. I do not understand what I do. How many can say amen? Sometimes I do the things that I don't want to do. I do not understand what I do. This whole, these five verses are like a tongue twister. Listen. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but a sin living in me. It's almost like Paul is giving an excuse, like, you know what, when I do the things that I don't want to do, that is sin in me. For, what, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. How many of us have the desire to do what is good? Online, we have the desire to do what is good. It lives in, the desire is in our spirit. I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul's conflicted. He's like, God, what is wrong with me? If I could summarize Paul's word, he's like, God, what is wrong with me? I know the good I should do, and I know the evil I shouldn't do, yet I keep doing the evil I don't want to do, and the good that I want to do, I don't do that. God, what is wrong with me? He writes on, he said this, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me. Again, I said earlier, we're body, soul, and spirit. There's this thing that lives in us. There's a brokenness about us. You and I are filled with inadequacies and shortcomings and failures. We're filled with brokenness, friend. And I know Paul's talking about sin, but I believe that the words that Paul shares can be likened to this, the weight of this. I don't want to worry, but I find myself worrying nonetheless. How many of us in this room have told ourselves hundreds and hundreds of times, I'm not going to worry about that anymore? I'm going to give it to God, I'm going to trust him with it, and the weight of it remains. How many of us say, you know what, I don't want to feel depressed, but I do. I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to live in addiction. I don't want to sin. I don't want to be angry anymore, yet I'm angry still. And the weight of this burden just weighs on me. And sometimes it's like there's, there's like a, it's okay, like there's a pressure (laughs) setting, like there's almost like sometimes like this There's additional pressure. I don't see it, but it just keeps weighing on me. What do we do? What do we do? Paul said this. So I find this law at work. We can relate to this. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Although I don't want to be stressed and discontented and overwhelmed and frustrated, although I don't want to feel that way, it's there anyway. What do I do? He said, although I, don't, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. These are Paul's words. Man who God chose to wrote a third of the New Testament. Listen to his words. He said, what a wretched man I am. How many of us can relate to those words? What a wretched person I feel like right now. Sometimes we feel so defeated by the weight of life, so burdened, the heaviness 
of this world, of relationships, of paying the bills, of mowing the lawn, of overcoming besetting sin, of addiction, the weight just lingers and it sits on us and we bend and we bend and we bend and we feel like we're about to break. What a wretched man I am, Paul said. And he said this, he is hope-filled. He said, who will rescue me? Who will rescue me? From this body that is subject to death, thanks be to God, listen, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who will rescue me from the burdens of life? And now, listen, please, please, please don't walk away from some of the things I'm about to say, but don't walk away from this service today and feel like in some measure that I told you that if you just had more faith, or that I'm condemning you for a lack of faith. That is not my heart today, but I, but I am charged to inspire us to faith, right? The Bible says, with God, all things are possible. In Hebrews, it says that by faith, we can believe and receive. We are called, we are invited to express our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will rescue me from this body of stress, of burden, of weight? Paul said, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me? Man, if only, if only there was someone, right? If only there was someone. You, here's the thing. So often, you and I are looking for God to do this for us, right? We're looking for God to do this. You know what, Scott? Let me just take that from you. <clears throat> We're looking for God to like remove the, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? And isn't that how we pray most of the time? God, take it from me. Now listen, you gotta make a distinction between a weight and a burden and a stress in life and sinful choices and sinful behavior. Listen, if you are living in repetitive, habitual sin, you need to repent and ask God to help you remove that from your life. That is a burden that God wants to take from you, friend. Somebody say amen to that, right? That's a burden that God does not want you to carry anymore. But sometimes we pray for God to take things and he says, you know what, Scott? You're gonna have to carry that for a little longer. And God, I really wanted you to remove this and take this out of my life, but he doesn't seem to be doing that. What if, we're, what if we're looking at this wrong? What if instead of, again, sometimes God will do that. Like, there's no, there's no one size fits all. Please understand me. There's no one size fits all. There are times where you look at your neighbor or your friend or a cousin or a family member and say, well, God took their burdens. Like, how comes he's not taking mine? God did lift that. God removed that. God obliterated those things that they're carrying God, what about me? What a wretched, I'm a wretched man too. Like, God, I need you. How come you're not taking mine? What if, what if God says, instead of me removing that, what if God says, my grace is sufficient for you? Watch this, watch this. We should have raised, watch this. What if, what if we had somebody who would help us carry our burdens, who would shoulder the weight, who would help us in our time of need. What if Jesus is ready and willing to carry your burdens with you? What if that's the way that God wants to help you today? Again, we're looking for God to take from us, to remove these burdens, to pull it all away so that we can spring back and be back to the way we were. What if? God is looking at you today and saying to you, my grace is sufficient for you. What does he say after that? For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Friend, I believe that 
There are times where God will remove the burdens of life, and there are times where he will reveal himself again and again and again to us, and he will say to us, friend, I am El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty, and and I am sufficient for the needs of my people. And what if God is saying to you today, Rather than removing these burdens of life, because listen, if you have stress in your marriage, God isn't looking to remove your marriage, right? Somebody say amen to that. Come on, people. That's where you say amen, right? If you have children that are burdening you and stressing you out, God isn't looking to remove your children from your life. But he is ready to help you carry the weight. That's what he wants to do, friend. Jesus is ready. Listen. He's done this before. Has Jesus not shouldered the weight of the world before? Has our Lord not bore the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders? If he could carry our sin and the sin of every person who ever will and has lived on earth to the cross one time before, can he not do it again? Can Jesus not spread his arms out under the weight on your life and help you shoulder the weight. Hebrews said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. You can keep playing, Dan, yeah. I want to read one more scripture. We've, we've been in Romans 7. We've been in Hebrews 12. I want, to read, I want to read Romans 8 here to you. <clears throat> Again, I know, I know, I know, I know, because I talked to you. One of my, my greatest callings is to be a shepherd of the flock, right? I, I just, I feel such a heavy pastoral anointing on my life to walk with people, to talk with people, to walk alongside of people. And I have those conversations every week in this church. I know the weight of your life sometimes is heavy, and you don't feel like a victor. You feel like a victim You feel like the weight of your life is just too much to bear, and you are at your breaking point. I don't, again, I'm going to give you specific things that you can do, but all of those things I'm about to give you in a minute are things that will help you gain a greater revelation of who Jesus is in your life. Get a greater revelation that Jesus himself is ready for you, and he wants to help you carry the burden. He's enough, church. Look at what Paul said in Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, he said. Shall trouble or hardship, literally the word trouble means pressing and pressure, affliction, tribulation, hardship, distress. When Paul said, shall trouble or hardship separate us, he said, should the pressures and the pressing of life Separate us from Jesus Christ. Shall trouble or hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheep as sheep to be slaughtered. Look at verse 37. He said, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Maybe one of you or a couple of you sit here and think, man, this just sounds like a a pep rally. Well, you're right, it is. (laughs) Listen, church should be a pep rally. Come on. I said the other week, man, when you come and sit in these chairs and you join us online, my heart is that you would be fed and filled for another week of life. That God would meet you in this place. That he would feed you and that he would fill you. And that he would show you that he is ready to carry your burdens. Why? Because he has said to you that you are more than a conqueror. That's not, you're not just a, listen, I would be happy to just be a conqueror, right? That'd be awesome. It means when when Paul said to be a conqueror, he says that you will gain, listen to this, a surpassing victory. You know, if you're a baseball fan, when when you win three to two, that's not a surpassing victory. That means you won by a thin margin. 
But when Paul wrote the words 2,000 years ago that you are more than conquerors through him who loved us, he literally said to us in the Greek, it says that you will gain a surpassing victory. That means you will win over the enemy by a, sur- by a large margin. You're going to shut him out 20 to 0, my friend. That's what Paul said. You are not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror, but not on your own, through him who loved us. On your own, you're a wretched man or woman. That's what Paul said. He said, what a wretched, who will rescue me? What a wretched man I am. But he is, we are not just men and women. We're not just men and women. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty, who is all sufficient for the needs of his people. What do I do? I fix my eyes on Jesus. When the writer of Hebrews said, fix your eyes, what he, what he had in mind was that we would turn our eyes. It literally means to turn my eyes away from that which has my focus and to turn my eyes to Jesus Christ. So many of us, so, so often, we're so burdened by the weight of life, we're reaching our breaking point, and this is all we can think about. We're focused on the weight of life. And when, when the writer of Hebrews said, fix your focus, he said, fix your eyes on Jesus, he said, turn your eyes away from that and turn your eyes to Jesus. And in just a moment, we're going to do just that in this room. On your way in, you should have received the communion cup. If you don't have that, our guest services team, maybe slip your hand up and you can, you know, get one of these. But we're going to, our, our Dan and Charlene are going to, go ahead, come on out, Charlene. We're gonna, they're going to sing a song. And this is a, a moment of reflection. I'm going to wait till the room settles a little bit. I want you to hear this. Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus? Shall trouble or hardship? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are being set up, my friend, for a surpassing victory. And listen, there... There's never been a more pronounced surpassing victory in the history of humankind than the victory that Jesus Christ won on the cross over sin, death, and darkness. Do you know that? That was the single greatest shutout of all time. Many would look at the cross as the greatest defeat ever. Listen, the cross of Jesus Christ was the greatest shutout ever delivered. Ever delivered. On the cross, Jesus shut the enemy out. Shut him out. Death, darkness, and the grave were defeated on the cross of Calvary. And when when Charlene sings this song, I want us this morning, and, and online if you haven't yet grabbed a cup of juice and a piece of bread, go ahead and do that. They're going to sing the song, and I want us to fix our eyes on Jesus. I don't care if you stand. I don't care if you kneel. I don't care if you walk around. Do whatever you need to do right now. It's going to be a very familiar song, powerful song, and I just want you to, to fix your eyes on Jesus because he is sufficient today. Attended my 
our eyes on you today, Lord. We focus on you, Lord. sufficient God we worship you today Lord you are sufficient Lord we fix our eyes on you Jesus said, for I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When you take this bread, remember that he is sufficient for you. Let's take the bread together.
the same way after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When we, when we receive communion, church, we remember the sacrifice. We, we in an act mentally, emotionally, we, we give our burdens to Jesus as often as needed. We remember that he carries them with us. But we also proclaim his death until he comes. We proclaim the surpassing victory of the cross over death, darkness, sin, and the grave. When we take this cup, let's remember that we are declaring victory until he returns. Let's take the cup together. Jesus, we bless you. I pray right now, God, that you are ministering by your spirit to somebody in this room, somebody online, God, that you're delivering the help that they need. God, that somebody this week is going to be surprised by how you bring about deliverance. God, whether you remove the burden altogether, whether it's a, an infirmity in their body, it's an emotional stress, it's a depression, they're angry or it's a sinful behavior. God, whether you remove it or you help them carry it, God, I'm asking you to surprise somebody this week, that they would find a new lightness in their step, that they would truly, God, feel that the weight of the burdens in their life has been lessened and is beginning to lift. I speak a word over this church that you would begin to lift the burdens and, and shoulder the weight of the burden for us, Lord Jesus. Speak that life over your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated just for one second, and then I'm going to dismiss us in prayer. A couple of things that I want you to know. Um, obviously, there's a missions fair today. You, somebody might be thinking, well, that's such a, a weird connection. Why would you offer the missions fair when you start a series on Breaking Point. I would, I would offer this to you. Sometimes the best way for you to get out of yourself for a moment is by serving somebody else. One of the best ways for you to forget about the weight of the burdens in your own life is to help carry the weight of the burdens of somebody else's life. And I hope that every single one of you listening today, and if you're, if you're close by online, you can drive here and join us. I hope that every one of us in this room will walk through the missions fair, look at some of our local ministry partners, and find a way that maybe God is stirring in your heart, that he's calling you to serve in some capacity. I, I, would, I would encourage you, if, if you really struggle with your thought life, and you just feel like you're losing day after day after day in your head, I've started reading this book. It's a great book, Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. We've got a bunch of copies of these and scrolls, scrolls, bookstores open. Um, on your way to the missions fair, little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, stop by scrolls and pick up a copy of this. I think this would be a great blessing to you. Again, Winning the War in Your Mind. Um, stop by scrolls. We've got a bunch of copies there. We have a brand new um, group starting. Uh, we have a group that, a, a class that's going to last for two weeks at the end of this month called Learning to Breathe Again. If you battle anxiety, that, that oh, I just can't, the, the weight is so heavy on you and you, like, I just feel like I can't even breathe. We've got a seminar class that's going to be two weeks, end of June, called Learning to Breathe Again. And um, it's run by a couple counselors from uh, a, a very trusted counseling center, Christian counseling center in our area here. Stop by the hub for more info on that. You can sign up and be part of that. And I'd also just remind you, a couple in our church, Michael and Danae Fanjoy, lead Celebrate Recovery. And if you have some kind of life-besetting issue, whether it's an addiction to a substance or a sex addiction, lust, you know, whatever, like 
a lot of things that you might need deliverance from or one of those things, stop by the Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Talent Challenge tent. Um, Michael and Danae, FanJoy Lead Celebrate Recovery, they would love to chat with you and, and help you get connected. We have a Celebrate Recovery that meets in here in our church on, th- on Tuesday, Thursday nights, I believe. And so you can meet with them and get that help that you need. The last thing, you can stand today. We're going to get ready to, to dismiss in prayer. Um, before you go to the missions fair, if you have children in kids ministry, as soon as I pray, I want you to, you know, head out those doors and go pick up your kids and kids men and then bring them with you to the missions fair. Like we, like Marissa said, we've got some ice cream and some food. So you want to make sure you grab your kids first and then join us at the missions fair. But the other thing, the last thing, and I'm going to pray, um, many of you are going to walk that way. That's good. But listen, I want to, again, I want to declare to you this Sunday Our altars are open, church, and we're going to open this place for prayer. Um, If you need prayer, if you want to have somebody pray with you, we've got altar workers, uh, Pastor Kerry Schaefer. Pastor Kerry is our pastoral care. Pastor Kerry, would you come on up here? Come up here. You may not even know Pastor Kerry. Pastor Kerry Schaefer serves in so many amazing ways. He's a man of God right here. He, you might have gotten a call from him, visit from him. He leads a pastoral, he's, we're building a pastoral care team. And Carrie is just an amazing man of God. And um, so he's our pastoral care pastor. He serves in this church, just an amazing man. Marge uh, is also his spouse, his wife, leads our ladies Bible study. Love this couple. Um, but Pastor Carrie, and, and he's been recruiting a, an altar team. So if you need prayer, again, you just want someone to, to pray with you, to agree with you to storm the gates of heaven with you, to put a hand on your back and pray over you. When, when I'm done praying and I dismiss in prayer, you just come this way. Our altar team is gonna kind of linger around the front and if you want somebody to pray with you over the, the burdens of life, instead of going that way, you come this way and we wanna pray with you. Let me pray with you, church. God, what a joy to, to meet together. I believe that your presence is in this place. And that, God, we acknowledge you, we declare, Father, that you are El Shaddai. You are God Almighty, and you are all-sufficient for the needs of your people. And I pray, God, that this day, this week, this month, this year, that you would routinely and faithfully reveal your sufficiency to your people. God, bless your church today as we find our fit serving in the local community. God, as we take steps to get help in our lives, even counseling God, whatever it is, I pray that you would bless your people today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Have an amazing, amazing day and week. Go get your kids, stop by the missions fair. If you need prayer, come forward. Our team wants to pray with you. God bless you on this awesome day.